Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am Scott Pianowski. We're here talking about football and very special show today we're we'll going to be talking NFL of course we're we'll going to be talking about player props team props stuff that you can do with our partners and our friends at betmgm all the stuff we're going on today you go over to betmgm.com/yahoo you can get in the game if you're a part of the country where it's legal and if you need a more of a refresher course on what exactly these props are about check out the August 21st podcast between uh, Liz Loza and Minty Betts they did a great job outlining what we're talking about with props and how they can be a great side dish to your fantasy experience this year. And, and even if you're listening to this podcast and, and maybe you're not, you know, not versed in props, you know, you're just going to kind of tiptoe into it. We're going to try to give you information today and make you a better fantasy player and give you an idea of how I feel about the season. And I'm, I'm very rude. I've not introduced my guest. He's a prop man. He's a handicapper. I might even say he's a D-gen. And he's my very good friend and colleague, Dalton Del Don. Aloha. You certainly got the degenerate part right. Uh, I'm excited to talk some props with you, P&L. Suddenly, we're, what, 10 days away from the NFL starting? I mean, this is happening. Let's do this. Yeah, it really snuck up on a lot of people, I think, for a couple of reasons. I mean, obviously, the, the tone and tenor of the country and what's going on, everything shut down for a while. So I think a lot of people weren't sure yet. I'm, do I know there's going to be a football season? Do I want to make an investment? Maybe I'll wait it out and see how things go. I also think... The lack of preseason football, and it's not that the preseason football is anything great. I mean, you know, teams are getting less and less interested in using good players in the preseason game. So a lot of times it's just the second, third stringer trying to make the team and all that. But just seeing the logos on a field and guys tackling each other and you know a, a package of highlights, even if they're guys that aren't going to have fantasy relevance, I feel like that whets our appetite for the real games to come. And obviously no exhibition schedule this year. So, hey. Less than two weeks, Yahoo Fantasy is open for business. So you know, get get your band back together, hang out with your college friends or the people you work with or whatever it is. It's a great way to stay connected. Fantasy sports, I think, are just one of the greatest social networks going. So if you've been dragging your feet, I understand. We did a bunch of stuff last week, and we'll continue to do stuff to get you prepped up. Check out the cram session with Andy Barons, Liz Loza, and Matt Harmon, which was excellent. I wrote a piece about how I'm attacking every position. Dalton's made it very clear players he likes and doesn't like compared to consensus. So you know, we're going to get you up to speed. We will host your league and help you dominate your league over at Yahoo Fantasy. Dalton, how how many 
what percentage would you say are you done with the teams you're going to draft? Are you are you fifty percent done? Twenty five percent? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm about fifty percent. Uh, far too many leagues this year. I don't even want to begin to count, but I still have a good a good chunk uh, remaining uh, still to go. Like almost, it's going to be a lot here. Almost every night, uh, there's a stretch here for the final week. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot as well. Yeah, I got I got a salary cap draft tonight, tomorrow, and Tuesday, and all with uh, yeah. people you know, um, Yahoo. Colleagues are all over those leagues and uh, and people that we've worked with in the past. So uh, some really good stuff there. And we'll be talking about it and tweeting about it. I think it's just going to be all football for the next couple of weeks. And as uh, now, fantasy baseball is still kicking in. But let's, let's be honest, fantasy football is the king of all sports. And again, we're talking props today. We're talking team totals. We're going to talk about some of our favorite. You can actually bet on M- betmgm.com. You can bet on fantasy points for the season. You want to bet on Christian McCaffrey. You want to bet on Terry McLaurin. Another way to get invested. So let's get right to it here. Team win totals. This is always one of my favorite things to to put a couple of bucks down on. You know, do we think a team is going to go over or under its posted win total? We'll both go ping pong back and forth on some win total props that we like, and then we'll touch on some of the high, maybe high-profile teams that we didn't necessarily talk about earlier. Dalton Daldon, give me a team win total that you like this season. All right, this is always fun. Um, normally, just in general, you like to, to fade and go the under. You never know with injuries, and this season's crazier. But I have to admit, um, the first handful, that my top handful, are seemingly overs this year. And I will start with uh, the Bengals, over five and a half. Uh, this is simple. I'm a believer in Burrow. He's going to be a star right away. It's a tough division. Facing the Ravens and Steelers uh, four times is not ideal, but I actually expect Cincinnati to contend for a, a playoff spot and s- easily sail over five and a half wins. Their defense is pretty good. They're getting Jonah Williams back, left tackle, just loaded at wide receiver, even if A.J. Green can't stay healthy, whatever. Expect a big year from Joe Mixon. And again, you, you just cannot underestimate the most important position in sports. They're getting a superstar now in my eyes. So uh, five and a half seems like a layup. They're checking all the right boxes for me, too. They were on my list. I think people don't realize they really weren't a 2-14 and 14 team last year. I mean, they literally were, but they had to play a backup quarterback for several games. It was the last season of Dalton. Obviously, Green was a non-factor all season. I'm not going to guarantee you that A.J. Green will be good this year, but I like Mixon. I think a tremendous value in Tyler Boyd. He's one of the most underrated players, I think, in the fantasy world right now. You get a swallow 139 in the juice, so it's, it's a little bit bumped up there, but... I think the Bengals could easily be a really fun 6-10, and 7-9 team. I even think Burrow, I had him down as a possible MVP ticket. They're gonna If a quarterback has a good season, I think it's so hard for those guys not to win major awards. We'll talk about the MVP chase a little bit later. So full agreement on that Bengals pick. I'm going to mention two picks in tandem because I just feel like they're, they're linked together. Patriots under 9.5, minus 125. Look, betting against Bill Belichick for 20 years has been a fool's errand. This guy is a covering machine. This guy's a double digits win machine every season. And I know the year that Brady got hurt, they, they threw in Matt Castle in week two and they went 11 and five anyway, but that team was undefeated the previous year. It might've been the best team in regular season history. A lot of defections on defense, some opt-outs, not the same defense. We know the defense doesn't year over year be that sticky. So I don't really know how good the defense is. I'm not sure how quickly they can get Cam Newton acclimated, which is what I think is a very ordinary group of skill position players. I think people are just so sick of betting against Belichick. They're afraid of him so much that you could give him 11 junior college kids and he'd expect them to be a good football team. But I think this line speaks to Belichick getting a little bit too much credit. It's an unusual season. He's still going to be the, the smartest coach in every game he plays. But can he make up for a lack of personnel? 
And if I don't like the Patriots, you would think I, I have to like somebody else in that division. I think Buffalo over eight and a half. You get a swallow minus 143, a, a little bit over the normal juice. But I call Buffalo a steakhouse team. Or if I said to you, Dalton, and I know you like steak. If I said to you, look, I got the steakhouse for us, and they got a great bar, and they got comfortable seating, and the clientele is cool, and they got a lot of TVs. We can watch our favorite games. The prices are reasonable. And you'd be like, yeah, that's all great. How, how's the steak? Well, you know, the steak's kind of hit and miss. I, I don't really know. That's how I feel about the Buffalo Bills. Love the defense. Love the coaching. Love the skill players on offense. Josh Allen, the most important part of the team, not really sure he's good. But I like everything else about Buffalo. I think the Patriots take a step back. So I'm going to tandem punch the Patriots over nine and a half. Buffalo, I'm sorry, Patriots under nine and a half and uh, Buffalo over eight and a half. What say you, Dalton? All right. So when the, the summer began, I was uh, I was buying the Patriots. Seemed like the public was fading him. That has since changed a couple ways. Uh, the hype uh, grew when Cam Newton signed. I actually thought Stidham was their guy. All the reports were so positive. He's since faded out of the picture. Doesn't really even look like an option. Certainly not right now. Maybe down the road. Cam Newton doesn't seem like an ideal fit. I hope he returns to health and, and he is back to his old self. It'd be fun to watch him in that scheme. But yeah, Nikhil Harry hasn't stepped forward. So I've since been less bullish. I will not push back on you there at all. Um, I will just say their defense and the way they scheme and getting to face Gase, uh, rookie QBs in Miami, and where I'm going to shift to next, Buffalo, Josh Allen. That could be pretty good for your fantasy team and just for them to actually win games. And fading Belichick is just, you know, typically you don't make money there. And I'm buying the Damian Harris hype. But Honestly, with the quarterback situation there, and, and every, you know, must come to an end at some time, and it might be this year. So I, I won't push back. Buffalo, Josh Allen, I love him. He's from a city very close to me. Uh, he rushes the fantasy upsides there. But he's the reason I worry about Buffalo. But the, the summer reports have been pretty positive. Stephon Diggs may erase some of his uh, inaccuracy issues, and that defense is legit. So um, Buffalo, for me, is a stay away. I could see that going either way. I could see them going 13-3 and three and really dominating with that defense and just kind of hiding Allen. Or I could see it going south and, and the quarterback issues becoming extra magnified because when you look at the advanced stats, uh, he has been a, a problem. But players young, and they get better. What would you say to people who say in fantasy, I don't want Stephon Diggs or I don't want DeAndre Hopkins because they switch teams. That, assuming the price isn't ridiculously cheap on either one of those players, how do you feel when a wide receiver changes teams such as Diggs going over to Buffalo? Yeah, the math does say that that first year, it's tough to repeat. I think uh, it was like Owens is the only guy that actually got better. Um, I'm staying away from both those. They could have both been in my ADB, ADP reports as far as uh, I'm fading the market. Um, Stephon Diggs, I, I worry about Allen. John Brown himself was like top 15 in, uh, in target share last year so uh, a run first team that added Zach Moss I, I Stefan Diggs has never played 16 games during his career either so he's someone not ending up on zero my teams and uh DeAndre Hopkins um man I have him like ranked 11th and that's certainly much lower so I do worry about already battling an injury now the totally new system new situation I love Kyler Murray fantasy wise but I'm not sure if he's you know I, I think it's fair to say that Hopkins suffered a downgrade at the quarterback position, at least for this uh, this year. You know, Murray, it might take a while to him to reach uh, Watson's status. Because of the last two MVP award winners were sophomore quarterbacks who spiked Mahomes, you know, yeah. got the job and went crazy in 18. Last year, Lamar Jackson had a sophomore season that was fantastic. He was the MVP. I think a lot of people are thinking, well, who's the next, who's the next sophomore quarterback breakout? And they came up to Murray, who was just okay as a passer last year. You could argue Gardner Mitchell had just as good of a season as Murray, of course, he doesn't have as much to, to work with in Jacksonville. I think Murray's a little bit overpriced. And I want to say one other thing about Buffalo and New England, then we'll move on. 
from a fantasy perspective, I think Buffalo and New England can be difficult teams to analyze because anytime the goal line back effectively might be the quarterback, that just screws up, you know, who's going to get the rushing touchdowns among the running backs, how many passing touchdowns are here to be had. Because Allen, in a healthy season, would probably run in another seven touchdowns, I would think. We know Cam Newton, his running ability is a big part of his game. I think it just makes it even more difficult sometimes to make fantasy conclusions on those teams. I'm going to put you back at the window. We're talking team over under totals. Give us another ticket that you're eager to punch. To strap a bow on Buffalo, I will say that Devin Singletary, to me, is the most out-of-whack ADP on the entire market right now. Uh, I personally have Zach Moss higher. If he's the better receiver and 20 pounds heavier than the goal line guy, I mean, Singletary is getting those trap carries, as Ben Gretsch says, in between the 20s and no catches. And not only, he's third in line at the goal line. Josh Allen, eighth most rushing TDs among all players the last two years. So Singletary, Singletary might have a ball security problem. He's fumbling too. now, too. Exactly, yeah. He's a total stay away from me. Uh, um, all right, so I promise I'm to throw a bunch of dogs at you the rest but the next two picks are going to be um favorites and i know it's big juice with the colts but at eight and a half wins i mean i think this is a legit super bowl contender rivers threw too many picks last year but uh, I, I think he's still going to be fine in a huge upgrade based on last year maybe the best offensive line a big upgrade on defense mike clay projects the easiest schedule in the nfl so eight and a half wins colts even with the big juice i, I will lay it I'm concerned about Phillip Rivers, but I think this is a good year. The NFL is a coaching league anyway. It's the league probably yep. where coaching means System. the most. And I think that's going to be even more so in this year of uncertainty, in this year of limited practices. And maybe the coaching advantages won't. I always think with Belichick, the thing with him is that he makes better adjustments. The Patriots may not be looking that great at the end of September, but a lot of times by the end of the year, they've figured out the offensive line. They've figured out what their right rotation is. They've coached up players who've, got, who've gotten better. I know I did give New England under about five minutes ago, and I'm sticking with that. But I think the Colts, if I were to go over on the Colts, it would be based on Frank Reich. I'm just nervous that Rivers is old, old man Rivers, right? And he joins a new team. He hasn't had a lot of time to work with those guys. T.Y. Hilton's getting to an age and attrition pocket that makes me very nervous. So this is a stay away from me. If I had to pick either side of it, I would go over. My next pick, I'll stick in the same division. I'm going over Tennessee, eight and a half. You get to swallow 139 on the juice, a little bit over the minus 110. That's standard or minus 115. But I know Tannehill's going to regress. I don't think he's going to collapse. I think Derrick Henry's a good bet to lead the league in carries or rushing or anything like that. I also think he has upside to maybe catch 40 passes. I believe it was Evan Silva who compared A.J. Brown to Terrell Owens. And I, I totally buy that comp. I, I, I just see a monster after the catch. And whatever... Brown loses in efficiency this year. He's going to gain in volume. I think he's a great buy for fantasy. And I like this defense. I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach. And who who is Tennessee up against in their division? I, old man Rivers, Bill O'Brien, who nobody likes, and a Jacksonville team. Although Min, I think Minshew and Chark are fun, that defense has totally been gutted. They've lost all the key personnel from that defense that almost beat the Patriots in the championship game just a few years ago. That window was open for a minute. It's slammed closed now. I think Jacksonville's the worst team in football. I don't want any part of Leonard Fournette. I think Tennessee, just because they play a different style than everybody else, I think they're, they're a sleeping giant here. Remember, the last time we saw them, they beat the crap out of a really good Baltimore team. Then they gave Kansas City all they could handle you know, for a little bit, and, and then the Chiefs kind of woke up. But I think Vrabel's a very underrated coach. I think Arthur Smith is an excellent offensive coordinator. I, to me, because there, there's some subtleties to what makes the Titans good, and there's some more exciting teams maybe in their division or you know, exciting players. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Tennessee's been underrated the entire variable era. I think they're easily going to be in the playoff hunt again. I think over eight and a half is a really good number for us. 
double-digit lead in Arrowhead. I'm totally with you on this one, 1,000%. Um, as I should have mentioned when I talked about the Colts, is uh, you said they play Jacksonville and a really declining Houston team that those trades are going to catch up to them. So that's 25% of their schedule there. Really like that for both the Colts and this Titans pick. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown in fantasy. Um, I understand they scored at an abnormally high rate when they reached the, the red zone last year. Uh, but man, you could regress Tannehill, YPA, whatever. It'd be like saying we're going to regress a hitter that had a 1,400 OPS. That's fine if he still hits 1,000 the next year because Tannehill was that good last year. So I, I'm a believer and I'm with you here um, with Tennessee. All right, my last big juice one, are the Cowboys over nine and a half. Man, I think that's just a misprice. The, the, the Cowboys are arguably the best team in football right now and have them to just win 10, 10 games, I think is just another layup, man. Adding Lamb there, the defense, uh, Dak. I'm gonna, I like some Dak prop, props later too. So Cowboys over nine and a half. And uh, I promise I'll get some, uh, some dogs uh, after this. But to me, that's just a misprice. The Cowboys are too good for, for it to be just nine and a half. If I took Kansas City off the board and I asked you who's the best offense in football, I, I know my answer would be Dallas. They have everything. Yeah, they led the NFL in yards per play attempt uh, last year, yards per play last year, and added CeeDee Lamb. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, 440 yards per game last year. I think they're going to name, name, their, name their score. I, I love Dallas this year. I don't know if this is the direct comp, but I've always joked that the keys to success are work ethic, attention to detail, and escaping Adam, Adam Gase. And... Along those same lines, I think I get, just get the idea. It's a little bit of narrative street. But I feel like the Cowboys, the year after Jason Garrett, it just seems, and not that Mike McCarthy is, is everybody's favorite coach, but they retained offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. I think Dak is ready to be in the MVP argument. He, he's got the, the head for the game. He's got the intelligence. He's got all the athletic ability. He can make every throw. He can run if needed, but he doesn't proactive. He looks proactively. He scrambles to look downfield, not to, to run proactively. He's got all the pieces. If you want to get excited about C.D. Lamb, I know everybody looks great on their highlight package, but look at his. He has a bunch of how does he score on this play touchdowns from college. Now, he also has a bunch of walk-ins because he played for one of the best offensive systems, a a system that produced two Heisman Trophy winners. But, I mean, a lot of that was guys like C.D. Lamb, guys like Mark Andrews, and you add him to a team that already had a loaded offense. One of the best feature backs in Zeke, obviously Cooper and Gallup are stars. Jarwin is a major upgrade at this point over – Jason Witten, who, you know, Hall of Fame career, but he's he's at the end now. And it's kind of funny how the Raiders bought in on that. So, yeah, Dallas, you get a swallow of the minus 164. But I think right now they have as good a chance as anybody to win the NFC. And Ran- again, Ran- the guys point out that Randall Cobb got nearly 10 and a half yards per target last year with nine drops out of the slot. I mean, can you imagine with CeeDee Lamb? They're talking about getting another good system. I mean, it's going to be unfair. I mean, Zeke wasn't even really himself last year. I mean, Tony Pollard there. Oh, man, that that the team's going to win. It's going to be a catastrophe for that team not to win 10 games. We're talking about football props today, team props, player props, and all sorts of proper props. Again, betmgm.com slash Yahoo if you want to get in the game get invested in some of these things. Okay, I'm going to ask you this, Dalton. When's the last time fading the Cleveland Browns didn't make you money? I I know that Hugh Jackson's gone and Freddie Kitchens is gone and maybe they finally have a competent coaching staff, but I just want to see it. I want to prove it season from the Browns. Their over-under is eight and a half. It's it's right around even juice. So there's, there's nothing, there's no, I think the lean is to the over actually, but I want, I want the Browns to prove it to me that they're a legitimate team. They're in a division with a Baltimore team that's probably the AFC favorite, a Pittsburgh team that gets Roethlisberger back, and a Bengals team that you and I both think is maybe a little bit under-repped right now. Prove it to me, ball, uh, Cleveland. I haven't seen it. 
I know it's a new coaching, but I'm not convinced that Baker Mayfield is good. I always wonder if Odell Beckham is invested in the season mentally and emotionally, as greatly talented as he is. Sometimes I think it's just tough to know what version of OBJ we're getting week in, week out. I'm going to keep punching under on the Browns until they make me regret it. And I can't remember the last time I did. I'm with you here as well. I was um, I was idiot uh, buying into their hype last year, fully thought they were Super Bowl contender, ranked uh, Baker Mayfield high. Uh, maybe I'm going too far the other way because, yeah, I've been fading them mostly in fantasy leagues. And I'm with you here. The coaching change people are so excited about. Stefanski, I don't think he has a very long history of actually calling the plays, but um, – they obviously have very talented uh, skill position players. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they finally live up to the hype, but I'm absolutely with you going the under here. The Ravens and Steelers, two of the five, three or four best teams in football. And uh, I personally am thinking about putting the, I'm probably going to have the Bengals finishing ahead of them and the Browns uh, last in this division. I'll, I'll be, I think it'll be a, top, a decent division top to bottom. It's not that I think Cleveland's going to be a punching bag, but I for mean, sure. eight and right. a half is the number, man. Yeah. They, you know, eight and eight, you get paid if you go under. Yeah. Seven and nine, you get paid. And to me, Cleveland just, I think they're in perpetuity like a six and 10, seven and nine team until proven otherwise. Okay. You're at the window again. Give us uh, give us one of your specials. All right. Sticking with the overs here. This one might be a little bit uh, out of left field. I'm going to go the, the Lions over six and a half. I also like the Lions plus 280 to make the playoffs. And um, I'm not even sure if you can get odds to to win this division. I get it, Matt Patricia. And normally I'm with the system and the coaching. going to go a little bit different with that one. But look at what Stafford was doing in this system before he got hurt last year. It was uh, truly MVP level stuff. Uh, the receivers, um, Swift, I don't love him battling the injury there. But um, the, the, the additions they made in the draft with their defense, I think, is going to be closer to average, if not a little better than people think. So I think the Lions are an absolute uh, dark horse to actually win that division in over six and a half. I'm very invested in Stafford this year. I'm very invested in Marvin Jones. I'm very invested in Kenny Galladay. And I'm even willing to talk about Hawkinson as being a breakout tight end. I believe in Bevel, the offensive coordinator. And Stafford was playing some of the best football of his career before he got hurt. I feel a butt is coming. I feel a butt is coming. They lost all eight (laughs) games without Stafford last year. So, yes, all these nice things about the Lions. It's Matt Patricia. (laughs) He's the head coach. And it's not just that I, I don't believe in him. From what I know, look, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not at the meeting. So, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of stuff that Matt Patricia knows that's over my head. I'm not saying, disputing any of that. But he's just got this attitude with the media and this attitude with his players that I know and you don't understand. And I'm, it's funny how Belichick, his coaching tree is filled with a lot of guys. Because Bill O'Brien's like this. Albeit, let's be fair to Bill O'Brien. The Texans have been in the playoffs several times. So, I mean, he's been somewhat successful and maybe even just flat out successful. I don't need to qualify it, but I think a lot of the coaches in Belichick's tree took some of the aloofness and some of the antagonism that Belichick has at times and decided that would be their dominant trait. And that's not, you know, for all the times that Belichick can be kind of prickly with the media, although if you ask him the right question, he can be really loquacious and and lovely with the media. But sometimes I think some of his coaches got the long, got the wrong lesson and, I don't think Matt Patricia will be coaching the Detroit Lions next season. I, I can't – I'm not saying I'm going under. It's just a pass for me. Fair. I believe in everything you said. It's just Matt Patricia is the checkmate. I just can't – I have to walk away when I see that the picture of that guy. Totally fair, and I hope the offensive scheme uh, you know stays the same as far as Bevel's concerned, but you're you're right, and, and, and system might be more important than ever in this shortened offseason, and uh, yeah, Patricia might be more likely to get fired than he is when coach of the year. So I, I hear you there. I mean, we're living in an electronic world, and this guy has a pencil tucked behind his ear. I I, that's, I I'm just going to leave it at that. You know, I called the Bills 
a steakhouse team earlier where everything's great, but we don't know about the steak. Although I still said over eight and a half is the way to go with Buffalo. I think the Broncos are a steakhouse team too. And I'm going to go actually under on their seven and a half and I get plus 115. So I'm actually ahead of the juice on that. They added a lot of skill talent. And I think that you kind of win the off season when you add exciting players, but we'll see how quickly these guys can get up to speed. I don't know that Locke is a good quarterback. I think their defense is coming very close to the age level where they would maybe be just an average defense or maybe even below average defense. I think they've been living off that reputation for a while, but they're about ready to age out of relevance. I'm not sure about the coaching either. So, yes, I love Cortland Sutton. Yes, I think Judy's going to be a star. I I think Noah Fant is going to go to Pro Bowls eventually. I'm not sure all that happens this year. The defense is getting an area I don't trust. So I'm going to punch Broncos under seven and a half and get plus 115. I'm I'm agnostic about uh, the Broncos. Um, That defense, I think, could be a little better than than you're saying. But I have no idea what to make of Drew Locke and quarterbacks the most important. And who knows? Maybe Locke is a bottom five QB play this year. Uh, You love the skill position players there. But um, a lot of concerns there. I'm I'm pretty indifferent on that one. Um, And I might be a donkey here talking because I'm going to take my fifth over and uh, say the Steelers, over nine, um, uh, to me, they're one of, uh, I might actually have them as the Super Bowl representative. I think I'm going to have, I think it's, I'm leaning Steelers-Cowboys as my Super Bowl. And uh, they're 30 to one. You can get on BetMGM uh, to win the Super Bowl right now, Steelers. Uh, what am I missing here? Uh, if Roethlisberger has been playing with an elbow injury for the past 13, 14 years, it's the first time he hasn't had any pain. They're loaded at wide receiver and, and tight end and running back and offensive lines graded top five PFF. I think uh, they have the best defense in the NFL, right? I mean, after the trades last year. So why, why are they not one of the prohibitive favorites? I, I don't know. I, I'm surprised that their over-under is just nine and they're 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. I think it's a great pick. I mean, it, it comes down to this one question you have to ask the Steelers. If Roethlisberger, and if, if, you, can give, if you can give him a leap of faith. And look, he had Tommy John surgery and it's much more of a significant hurdle for a baseball pitcher than it would be for a quarterback. And with that, a lot of times pitchers come back and they're better than ever after having the Tommy John. Roethlisberger says he fe- – I know you, you have to take any positive quote from the summer with a grain of salt, but he says he, he has, he's felt better now than he has in years. Love the skill talent. The defense is great. Not only do I think over is the way to go here, but I also think some Roethlisberger props. I was going to get to them when we talked about player props. He's 50-1 to one to win MVP, 22-1 to one to throw the most touchdowns. If you believe that Pittsburgh has a chance of going to the Super Bowl, if the Steelers end up being the number one seed in the AFC, which I think is at least reasonable, it's in the range of outcomes, MVP voting goes to guys who have big seasons on winning teams. You don't necessarily have to be the dominant player in the league if you tie into the narrative. A comeback season for Roethlisberger and a, like a Pro Bowl season, a 4,500 your 40 touchdown season. I could see that being an MVP type of thing. So. Totally. I saw those numbers jump out in the futures too, because Roethlisberger, last time we saw him, he was throwing more than any quarterback in football too. I know that the, I guess the counter could be their defense is so good, but I could also counter that James Conner, whom I love and I'm willing to draft around too, super injury prone. So what if they don't have a running back? I mean, it could, uh, could still result in a lot of passes. So yes, Roethlisberger, definitely the odds look good to me. I, I agree with you. Okay, now uh, we'll we'll tidy up the team section of our prop podcast with, I'm just going to mention some of the more popular teams and really quickly just give me your lean over under and and maybe just a quick tweet length comment. But let's let's try to make these as quick as we can. Green Bay, again, these can be some of the more popular teams that you may want to take a peek over at BetMGM. There'll be all sorts of props too. You don't have to just bet these teams on the wins. There can be odds of their specific record. Will they win their first four games? There's so many different ways you can slice this thing up, but let's just talk about some of the public teams. The Packers 
over-under is set at nine wins. What do you think? Yeah, I wrote three down, three other teams, and they're all unders, and this was one of them. The under for the Packers, for me, this is just classic, you know, coming off the NFC Championship game, completely overperforming. Rodgers, the advanced stats suggest he's been in decline a few years now. So, uh, yeah, un, un, and, uh, yeah the, the Vikings just made a big trade, too, and I like the Lions, so under Packers for me. Yeah, I just don't – I don't trust the coaching, and I also – not just not sure where Rogers's head is at. I, it, it just seems like a time where he's he almost doesn't want to be on the team anymore. And they drafted a first round no. quarterback. It seems strange to me. Um, yeah, I agree. I'd have to lean under on Green Bay. The Chiefs are eleven and a half. That's a stay away for me. Uh, would you have any interest in Kansas City at that number? No, it's a stay away. Probably over. They're so good. If I had to, but I would. I don't ever like to go over that high. That's a total stay away. Uh, I agree. Stay away. I want to fade John Gruden, so I'll probably go under seven and a half on the Raiders. What say you as uh, the Raiders head to Vegas? One of the other three I wrote as my unders. Yes, um, uh, I could see it on the turf, and like I mean, if you squint, maybe they could put up some numbers, but. The schedule's not great. Um, I just don't like their draft picks, although Brian Edwards looks like a, a home run. Um, so yes, I'm, fa- I'm fading. I'm fading Las Vegas as well. We got to talk about your Niners, ten and a half, uh, defending NFC champions. Um, what do you say about the Niners in 2020? I'd probably lean the over there, but I mean, that's the right number. That's a stay away. I mean, they're not sneaking up on anyone. Um, injuries are already mounting. I don't know what's going on. Their top three wideouts hurt and Nick Bosa and D Ford. So that's not great. It's tough, you know, to go to lose a Super Bowl the following year. So it sounds about right. It's a stay away. I know this is silly just to say Russell Wilson go over, but Seahawks nine and a half. I know the defense is kind of mediocre. I'm thinking maybe this is the year they give Russell, uh, they give Russell, they give Russ, Russell Wilson a little bit more responsibility. I, d- I could only go over on the Seahawks. I'm not saying I'm going to, but I, I think nine and a half is begging you to go over. No question. Over, yeah. I think uh, Seattle and San Francisco will battle for about you know 10 wins for that division. No way am I fading Russell Wilson. And I have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as both top 15 fantasy wideouts. They're going to be Chris Godwin and what Mike Evans fantasy managers think they're getting with them. For some reason, I didn't write Baltimore down. I think they're 10 and a half, but just give me a general sense of if you're uh, bullish or bearish on on the Ravens this year. Uh, I mean, they're going to be one of the best teams, but I could see them taking a step back. And um, I, I think I liked their under um, from what I looked at. And the other, the other one, big name I, w- I do want to say, though, is Tampa. I, I, I do want to fade uh, Tom Brady. Um, it is at, at, what, at 10 wins. So... Man, he has looked encouraging, and that defense is pretty good, but I think just everyone's hyping that a little bit too much. And to ask, to ask him to immediately win 11 games is a lot for me. Let's pivot to some of the awards. Again, we're talking about BetMGM stuff that you can get some bucks down on. They are partners with Yahoo. This is all legal in most states. You have to check your, your state's um, rules on that, but I, I know it's legal in Michigan. There's a c- couple of casinos where you can, you can bet on as well, so... Let's go on some of the awards. We know the MVP is generally the most important quarterback. So some of the things that popped out to me, we talked about Roethlisberger at 50 to one, your, your buddy, Jimmy G. I think he's overrated, but what if the Niners chew up the league again? I'd be more interested in Garoppolo if he had a fully healthy Debo Samuel, but I did write him down at 40 to one. And I also think Drew Brees, this, this may sound contradictory because I don't want him in fantasy. It's just an age that makes me nervous. But what if the Saints win the narrative? What if they go 13 and three? And the, po- and the voting populace is like, oh, you know, Brees has never won an MVP. What if it becomes like a lifetime achievement award thing where he's not he's, – he's in a cluster of candidates that all make sense. And they think, well, let's give one to Brees. He hasn't won one yet. So those were three of the longer shots that drew my attention for MVP. It's funny you say Jimmy G's overrated because I swear everything I read, people don't like him and think he's garbage. But maybe maybe I'm just super defensive, which is probably the case. Um, Dak Prescott, MVP 14-1. to 1. 
Um, I believe the coaching staff, uh, he's going from bottom five to top three pass rate, too. So even if they're playing with leads inside the 10, it can maybe throw more. Yeah, Dak Prescott, the quarterback, usually wins this award. Um, but, you know, that's it's not quite a long shot. Let's go have a couple. You said Big Ben already, and I believe Matthew Stafford, as I mentioned, what, 8.6 YPA before going down last year, was on pace for 40-plus touchdowns. 50-1, to one, and another 50-1. to one, uh, definitely it's not likely for a non-quarterback to win. But I could see Derrick Henry scoring 20-plus touchdowns and uh, having that team get the one seed in the AFC and it being totally different than the rest of the NFL and therefore standing out. So I could kind of see Derrick Henry at 50-1. to one. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, also, remember when you're betting MVP that no wide receiver has ever won the award. So if Jerry Rice didn't win it, Randy Moss didn't win it, you know, Owens didn't win it, none of those guys. I think Rice probably should have won it in 87. I think maybe Moss could have won it instead of Brady in 2007, but he didn't. You even see like the Super Bowl a few years ago when James White had a monster game, they still gave the MVP to Brady. A lot of times that's a great way to to bet the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, Williams yep. last year. Damian yeah. Williams didn't win it last year either. Nothing against Patrick Mahomes, yeah. who we all love. Um, so just, just keep that in mind that the MVP totally. award – is usually just the best quarterback. And, and if you want to say bet, if you want to bet Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or you know, DeAndre Hopkins, whoever it is, maybe offensive player of the year would be the way to go with those guys. Because it seems like, you know, let's, let's just say, you know, Mike Evans has 2000 yards this year. You know, it, he, he's not going to win MVP. They would give it to Brady, but maybe Evans could be the offensive player of the year. Were there any other uh, specific props before we get into some of the um, fantasy over-unders and, and other stuff. Was it, and it, was there a Super Bowl winner, a conference winner, or any other uh, team prop that uh, caught your eye? One thing I'll say, that's why it's priced in, though. The AP offensive player, I'm just curious myself. So Henry's 20-1 to 1 on that, and then you can get him 50-1 to 1 on the MVP. Because you're right, it's just super unlikely. Um, I kind of like Demarcus Lawrence at 40-1 to 1 for Defensive Player of the Year. I think the Cowboys are going to be winning a lot of games, and he's going to be racking up a lot of sacks coming off a down year. And then sticking with the Cowboys, 14-1 to 1 for Rookie of the Year. Um, CD Lamb, I'm, I'm all in on Lamb, and apparently I'm all in on the Cowboys. All, all Cowboys, Dak MVP, Marcus Lawrence Defensive Player of the Year, and Lamb for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you know what's interesting to me is that Lamb and Judy are both 14 to 1 to be offensive rookie of the year. And I think Lamb has a chance and Judy has no chance. Totally. Yes. That those should not be even close to the same odds. And it's just because one of them is with a great quarterback and one of them isn't. Uh and, and I also I just have more confidence that the you know, Lamb is going to be helped, but it's the the rising tide lifts all boats. The fact that the players around him will be playing well just means the Cowboys will score more points, they'll generate more yards. Where I'm worried about Judy, where there's talent around him, but what if Locke isn't any good? No doubt about it. I mean, Cobb and Whitten each had 83 targets indoors, way better quarterback. Yeah, no doubt about it. That, yeah, it's not a knock on Judy whatsoever. It's just, it just happens to be the situation. I get it that it's not ideal that Lamb has two awesome receivers he's sharing time with, but man, overall, honestly, landing in Dallas was actually a really good situation. You know, generally the favorite is priced so low in some of these props, you don't want to touch it. But actually, Joe Burrow at plus 240 to win yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year doesn't look bad to me. I like that Burrow transferred, and he spent basically an extra year in college. I think that makes him more prepared physically and emotionally and mentally to enter the NFL. And I think the Bengals, we talked about them as a over bet earlier. I think I'd be very surprised if Joe Burrow is not really good both career-wise and also right away. I think he's well-spotted for success. And I think that coaching staff has some upside, too. I just think last year it was a losing hand. So plus 240 it certainly isn't a juicy price, but I expected Burrow to be something so low that I couldn't even consider him. Actually, at plus 240, 
I'm kind of tempted to, to put a couple bucks on Burrow. Totally why he's probably not the favorite. I think Murray was more the favorite last year is because of probably Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being in such a good position, such a unique position, mm-hmm. immediately being, oh, the best offense in football, possibly the lead back, totally unquestioned. Um, but I'm with you because the quarterback, as you said, that's a typically that wins these awards. And Joe Burrow is looks like a special one in a special situation himself, too. So, yeah, you can get... Uh, plus 240. Uh, I'm with you there. He runs too, helps you in fantasy. I mean, I have him as a borderline QB1. I think I'm 12th or 13. I mean, I right away, I expect him to be, like I said, a borderline star. Yeah, he'd be like one of my favorite super flex, super flex quarterbacks as my quarterback too. And even in a standard league, he could conceivably be your starter if you decided to prioritize at other positions. You mentioned Edward Solaire. He's plus 400. And if you don't understand these odds, plus 400 is just a way of saying four to one. You just move the decimal point over two places. When I say Burroughs 240, it's, it's you know plus two and a, almost two and a half to one, basically. So the plus 400 on Edwards Hilaire, does that strike you as a good value, bad value, about right? What did you make of that? Yeah, it's about right. I'm, as the reason said, I mean, Burrow deserves to be the favorite quarterback. Uh, Edwards Hilaire is going to be a monster, though. I'm the crazy person who has him ranked number four on my fantasy board ahead of Alvin Kamara. So I'm all in. I expect I expect some big seasons from rookies. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I mean, we'll talk about Jonathan Taylor soon because uh, there's a couple long shots that I like with him. I mean, he's 65 to one to have the most fantasy points this year among rookies. Um, I mean, is it most expect him to be a top five pick next year? Maybe Mac gets hurt right away. I mean, Mac, by the way, is underrated injury history. Um, talk about the offensive line in Indy. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on, on these rookies, apparently. But another price I like is uh, is Taylor along with CEH. Well, i talk about some quarterback props. And I'm actually going to do this backwards. I'm going to mention two quarterback props I'm not going to bet on, but I think they illustrate fantasy value. Matt Ryan is the favorite to have the um, the passing yards title at plus 400. Oh, wow. And the fourth choice is, along with Tom Brady at plus 800, is Jared Goff at plus 800. And I recently on Twitter put out my all boring value team and Ryan and Goff were my two quarterbacks. Uh, Tyler Boyd was one of my receivers. You can go look on Twitter if you want to see that. But I think this speaks to Ryan and Goff. I don't. I, I would love to bet on them. I just think these prices are too low for me to do so. But I think these odds reflect that maybe they're properly priced in the betting market, but they're underrated in the fantasy market. I love Goff. Goff was a top five. He was the number five fantasy quarterback two years ago. And the situation this year might be even better. No Todd Gurley had the most touchdowns the last three seasons. I do like Cam Akers, but you got to figure maybe more of those scores will go through the air. There's Cup, there's Woods. Van Jefferson's been one of the stars of camp. Obviously, Higby and even Everett behind them and a very much declining defense. Um, I think there should be a lot of high-scoring games with Arizona. San Francisco's defense has got to regress a little. Seattle's is. So I just think that division, it's such a setup for, for Jared Goff. I have him as a QB1, top 12 fantasy QB on my board. Is there a uh, quarterback future that caught your eye? The quarterback future was, uh, <laughs> you're never going to believe this, but Dak, 7-1, to one, most fantasy points. 7-1, to one, I mean, most fantasy points. Dak, didn't he rush six touchdowns three straight seasons before last year and all these uh, receivers now? So once again, that was the one that I wrote down, Dak at 7-1. to one. Transition to the running back position. And again, I want to go against the Raiders. I want to go against John Gruden. And a way for me to do that is to bet under on Josh Jacobs, under 196.5 fantasy points. I'm not convinced he's going to be a receiver. I think this team is going to have a losing record, so that could be a problem with game script. I think Derek Carr, at best, is an average quarterback and probably a below-average quarterback. And again, if you want to invest in Jacobs, you want the ancillary pieces in the offense to be good. You want them to be in scoring position. I think Jacobs is a good player. Last year, he led the league in, I believe, yards after contact, which is a, a skill stat, but... I don't like the things around him. So I, there's not a, 
I don't see a bet where I can bet against John Gruden directly. I don't see a John Gruden prop, although maybe BetMGM does have something against Gruden. I'm going to bet against everything Raiders-related that I can, including Josh Jacobs going under 196.5 on the fantasy points. Totally with you here. I know that they're talking about throwing him the ball more, but man, they have about five other options. Their their actions speak louder than words. Um, This is not going to be exactly right, but Jacobs last year was something around the RB30 when uh, Oakland were three-point dogs or worse. And they're three-point dogs or worse in like seven of the first eight games this year. So maybe that changes, but he was very game script dependent. Um, He has to tackle breaking machine and a really good real life player. But there's also questions about his durability. I mean, he never got uh, touches throughout college either. So I think that was a, is a very good fade. And I'm hundred percent with you there on Jacobs. Okay. Uh, Let's take a look at the wide receivers and, you know, Dallas, we're, we're high on them. We've talked about lamb. We've talked about Prescott. I just get nervous. I saw, I saw the number on Amari Cooper, 153 and a half. And you get a little bit of injury history and there's other good players here. I can tell myself a story where maybe Gallup is the leading touchdown guy. Maybe as far as receiving touchdowns, maybe it's even Lamb as a rookie. We know Zeke's going to be fed. We we know there'll be touchdowns that Dak runs in. It's not that I think Cooper's a bad fantasy player. I've actually picked him on a couple of teams, but I thought the number was a little high considering some of the risks I think has to be baked into Cooper. So under 153.5, that was my wide receiver fade. As much as I like Dallas, you're talking to the right guy here. I have Cooper ranked 23 in my wide receivers, Gallup 24, and Lamb 28. So I, I Cooper, he just got paid. He's The injury history is so long. It, it's too long to list. And I know this doesn't mean anything, but it's so weird that he's averaged like 40 receiving yards on the road the last three years. I know that doesn't mean anything, but it's just odd. Um, I'm told I, I, Gallup and, and Lamb, I like their uh, their ADP much more, and I would fade the I, – I, yeah, I, I bet Cooper gets – banged up or some somehow this year my receiver props i'll throw at you uh Devontae adams nine to one for receiving tds um i normally don't want to be the favorite but if you get nine to one odds on someone who could get 200 targets and is just fed in the red zone i just think it's such a good setup for the packers there um and alan robinson what about him at 25 to one for most fantasy points i was hoping nick Foles would separate himself by now but um, Foles would be the best quarterback Robinson's ever played with. And if he stays healthy, I mean, the guy put up, what, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns as a sophomore with Bortles. Uh, was it Gap- Bortles throwing it to him? Who was it back then? I forget. One of the Bortles, sure. Bortles, yeah. Um, so I like him at 25 to 1 for most fantasy points, considering I have him as my number five uh, fantasy wideout. Yeah, to, to bet on a prop like that, either one of them for that matter, you really feel have to feel like the player's going to be buried in targets. And I think in both cases, that's going to be the, you know, what we're going to see. Robinson, probably 150, 160 targets. I think Adams could push for 200. And as much as we talk about touchdown rates and touchdown regression and everything, there's a reason why certain players are big touchdown guys and certain players aren't. Robert Woods, good player. He'll have some positive regression this year, but he's not going to score 12 touchdowns. No, There's a reason why Devontae Adams had three straight double-digit touchdown seasons before last year. It's because he's very good in tight spaces. He's very good on boundaries. And he's got amazing rapport with Aaron Rodgers. He also probably has Aaron Rodgers' cell phone number. I'm not sure anybody else in the Packers does, but we, we know those two guys are buddies. So I, I think those are very interesting props, and I would I would lean with you on both of those. Tight end. If Mark Andrews can just play a full season, I think he smashes his ADP. I think he smashes 127.5 over on the fantasy points. Yes, he's going to give up some of last year's angelic efficiency, but he's going to get so many more reps. He can get so many more routes and targets. They don't have Hayden Hurst anymore. They're not going to be 14-2 again. They're going to have to throw more. 
think of the the type of football they played in the second half against Tennessee when they were trailing the whole game. That will happen a few times this year because just the team will regress to some degree. It just means Andrews, again, if he can stay on the field, he was hurt most of last year, and I know he's diabetic. So you wonder if, if COVID becomes a big factor in the season, if maybe it will affect Andrews. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to over-speculate that. I just love the player. I think he's uncoverable. I think Greg Roman knows how to scheme him. So I, I like over on that. And look, Rob Gronkowski's really fun. I'm glad he's back in the league, but hasn't played a full season since 2011. He was just a good, not great player the last time we saw him. He scored three touchdowns in 2018. I think under 93.5 is just a license to print money. Unless you're Scott Kingery, it seems like the COVID issue, the athletes have been pretty successful recovering from it um, for baseball. Um, Mark Andrews specifically, I'd be more surprised if he finishes a tight end four than if he finishes a tight end one. Um, I, I think he's fully legit, fully on board with you there. Um, but speaking of the Ravens, I want to circle back one other wide receiver prop I had that I thought was a fun one was Marquise Brown at 65 to one for most receiving yards in a game. So here's the kind of guy who's certainly Love not that. not going to be right like consistent, right? But you got to figure a couple play actions. Remember when Lee Evans was number 83 and he caught two 83-yard touchdowns in one quarter? I could see some crazy one-game Marquise Brown going nuts and 65-1. to one. So I like that as a long shot. And then a couple of the long you know, shots. You know what I love about that, too, is that say you go into your drafts and like Hollywood Browns, he's been a really buzzy player this year. And is, in a lot of leagues, he's going to go – somebody's going to want him so bad they may reach for him. Mm-hmm. So say this, the draft season ends and you have no Hollywood Brown. This right. is a great way to be invested every week every in Hollywood Every game, Brown. too, yeah. Every week, yeah, you'll be invested. Exactly, okay. Uh, all right, so long shots tight end. Uh, I was with you about, I was going to say yes, under Gronk. Um, and then 35-1, uh, to 1, most fantasy points, TJ Hawkinson. I know the recovery from the surgery is unclear how healthy he is, but the latest reports is just dominating practice. And I'm obviously in on this Lions passing offense. 35-1 uh, to 1 there. And um, I hope you're sitting down. 40-1, to 1, Blake Jarwin, I think, could be uh, a big time uh in that just replacing Witten was like the tight end 11 last year Witten he's serious and now uh Jarwin there and uh, obviously it takes some injuries th- uh for anyone to surpass the big three and I do consider Andrews uh right there with them so I like that but if you're looking for a couple long shots Hawkinson and Jarwin but man tight end is loaded with these uh legitimate potential guys it's a fun place to shop this year and uh, betmgm.com is a fun place to shop if you're into some of these props again put the slash yahoo to check out what's going on check your local state rules and regulations before getting involved, but it is legal in most states as we've seen the the rules and the laws have, have changed in the last few years. So it's, it's an exciting time for us, Dalton. I appreciate you joining us. If you all follow Dalton on Twitter, it's Dalton Del Don, D-A-L-T-O-N, D-A-E-L-D-O-N. What are you working on as we get ready for the NFL season? Well, I have a sleeper for every team. I've been contractually obligated to have one sleeper per team and one bus per team. So I have uh, those two columns coming out this week. I'm sure everyone will totally agree on, especially the the bus. People love when, you, when you're when you critical of the players on their team. Give us a controversial bus that you have. Does one pop to the top of your head? No, the bus, I haven't even, I've been, I'm still thinking sleepers. I, I mean, there's a bus. I mean, I've talked a lot against Brady. Who, uh, who do I like? Um, I will there, say how Dalvin you pick a 49ers Cook. Bust? You love the 49ers so much. How are you going to pick a bus? Are you going to pick their kicker let, as a bust or something? Let me give you a good. Yeah, you're right. Let me give you a good. I'm with you on Josh Jacobs. Let me actually give you something. Um, you know, when it comes to it, I don't know if I will take Dalvin Cook in his, in his injury. Just, I think it's too much risk around pick five or six. Um, I, I think I'm going to gonna pass on Dalvin Cook and take Derrick Henry over him. I'd say, I'd say I'll call Cook a bust. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Hopkins and Gronk are two of my easy fades. I think Hopkins will eventually be great again. I'm not sure Gronk ever will. If you're into podcasts, we have a suite of really good podcasts over at Yahoo. Don't forget the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball podcast. We'll be taping that tomorrow. 
The Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, Charles Robinson, Therese Paler do a great job on that. We got the the college sports podcast with Wetzel, Thamel, and Forty. Uh, those guys have been together for a while. The WTF podcast, they do a great job. And of course, the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast, five podcasts, five analysts. I'm the Sunday guy for Monday release. Dalton, what's your day for the podcast? Oh, so I court Wednesday, come out Thursday, going to have Razball's okay. Rudy Gamble coming up this week. Awesome. So, you know, pick your favorite. You want to listen to Dalton every week, me every week, Andy Barron's next week, uh, next week. Tomorrow has the chair. And of course, Matt and Liz are great as well. So again, get over to Yahoo Fantasy, get over to BetMGM. Let's play some fantasy. Let's get some props down. Let's play some football. It's almost time. Less than two weeks to go. We're out. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.